Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries and our must-read daily newsletter. If you haven't had a chance to listen yet to the podcast we did from Highways UK last week, do still have a listen because there's loads of great stuff in there. That, although it was recorded at the show, isn't time-dated and still extremely relevant, including chats with the Chief Exec of National Highways, a Transport Minister and a wannabe Transport Minister. In fact, we had so much content from the event. Here's an extra show for you with some of the interviews we couldn't fit in last week and we'll start this week's highways voices with a life-saving solution highways voices at highways uk thanks to the sponsorship of unix traffic stantec reflow keely brothers and agd systems and traffic group signals i've been joined by my friend andy graham from vsos uh, who have been doing amazing work with e-call the technology that's in every new car and van across europe and andy you're showing off here on the nikander stand what your technology is doing so explain Explain to me what the demonstration's all about. Okay, so what we've got here is a, a wooden box which has got in it the guts of a vehicle with its e-call system. And what I'm going to do is simulate the airbag going off and then we shall ring, uh, using this device, uh, a simulated police control centre. And at the same time, as well as the voice, the data will come out of this box, will be sent to um, the cloud. We process it on the cloud and we send emails, text messages, alerts to traffic control centres and 999 systems. But the idea is that we would have a long conversation of voice, but the data will have arrived much more quickly. So for the purposes of the tape, I'm now pressing the SOS button, which is now flashing, and it's now effectively trying to make a call to the emergency services, which has been simulated uh, just around the corner. Oh uh, yeah, I've crashed my car. I'm on the motorway. Uh, can I can I have the can I have the police? Okay, we have your location, and we'll be sending someone to help you as soon as possible. So, even though the driver doesn't know where they are, because of the e-call system having its location, the emergency services are now receiving the exact location, direction and other data about the vehicle. So as Paul will will see, he's now got a a text on his phone that says, test, e-call alert, location M25, etc, etc. And the fact it's an Audi A3 and there are three people on board. We've processed the data, we've also emailed that to a traffic control centre with a map of where the vehicle is, and we did it normally within about seven seconds of the call being received by the emergency services. So how does that change things for the emergency services? So instead of spending a lot of time asking people where they are, they don't know where they are, what vehicle in, this, that and the other, they can go straight to, we know where you are, we know what vehicle you're in, we know how many people are on board. Are you trapped? Are you in live lane? That sort of thing. It can save a minute or so, which doesn't sound very much, but that could get signs and signals sent quickly. But it also means that the fire service, for example, would know it's an electric vehicle, so they know what to bring when, before they leave the fire station. If it's a paramedic vehicle uh, and it's got, not, if, say it's a minibus, it's got nine people on board, paramedics know to send three vehicles because it, one ambulance won't be enough. So the, the idea of knowing what's there before you leave, before you respond, you, fire and rescue tell us they can plan what they're going to do on the way. They'll know where to cut the vehicle and so on because they know what sort of vehicle it is. So it saves time and it should be able to save lives. 
Brilliant stuff from Vsauce. That's Andy Graham and his colleague Danny Willard are on the Nikander stand. Andy, thanks for explaining. Thank you. Thanks for always. You're listening to this bonus podcast from Highways UK, thanks to the sponsorship of Unex Traffic, Keeley Brothers, Stantec, Reflow and AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals. And Wednesday at Highways UK saw the gala dinner hosted by travel journalist Simon Corder of The Independent and Adrian caught up with him. I've had a brilliant time at Highways UK 2023. I've met really interesting people who are just being so innovative and all the energy is just focused on how can we connect Britain better and it's fantastic to discover some of the things which are happening all the way from AI and technologies for autonomous or self-driving vehicles all the way to well what basic steps can we take in order to improve road safety so it's a a great place to be. So as you said the theme of of the show is all about connecting Britain as a a travel journalist what does that mean to you? Well the UK has long been something of an innovator in terms of mobility of course and we we came up with the uh, railways and just coming up with the 200th anniversary Um, but of course we absolutely rely as a nation on the road network um, as with every other bit of uh, the nation's infrastructure feels increasingly under stress but that makes it all the more important to connect people uh, to have the technologies which are going to deliver a better experience for people to improve their journeys to reduce the impact on the planet and really just to look ahead to uh, times when the road network will will look and feel very different for the way it does now and that's I think part of the excitement of this event is just uh, confronting the future. Now I believe on your own podcast you've talked about your favourite A-Rose, tell me about that. Oh well yeah I was thinking of what what can I do to celebrate Highways UK 2023 and I thought well what are my favourite A-Rose and I came up with one for each of the four UK nations controversial I think they will be but I was thinking specifically because I'm, I'm, I, I drive sometimes but I'm actually much more a public transport person than I, I use um, uh, buses and coaches a lot which is, which is great and obviously all the work being done here feeds into that but these are specifically great roads to drive along and I really like in England the A69 between Newcastle and Carlisle now it's a fast road but it's beautiful it uh, takes you from, from uh, Northumberland into Cumbria. Um, you're there in Hadrian, with Hadrian's Wall kind of almost next door to you. Uh, and that, so I love that one. In Scotland itself, well, the A9, which traditionally used to start in uh, Edinburgh, now starts just outside Falkirk, in fact, but it goes all the way up to Scrabster on the north coast where you can get the ferry across to Orkney. Beautiful for pretty much every mile of its uh, very extensive length. Then in Wales, well, part of the joy of, of, of driving is, of course, to be on a good road that is taking you through, through spectacular locations. And I actually think the A465 in a crowded field is a, a particular favourite, the Heads of the Valley Road, of course, but who could forget the uh, A5, which does amazing things through Wales. And finally, in Northern Ireland, I think probably this is the UK's greatest A road. It's the A2, it starts in the far southeast, um, and Newry goes all the way around to 
you get to the Donegal border increasing and from Coast Road. Absolutely fantastic. So I would urge people to explore all of those roads and really celebrate um, the, the great opportunities we have for experience, terrific, experiencing terrific highways. And, and finally, obviously, people best know you as a, as a travel journalist. So um, what's your favourite mode of travel? Well, controversially, um, I arrived here on the train. I think we, um, uh, despite the many, many problems with railways, if you're making intercity journeys, there are an awful lot of people that the train remains uh, the best solution. But frankly, I'm also a very loyal customer of um, the great uh, long distance coach companies we have in the UK. And uh, so I spend a lot of time on the road as well, although I don't actually have a car. That's Simon Calder from The Independents talking to Adrian on this special Highways Voices. Thanks to AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals, Keeley Brothers, Unix Traffic, Reflow and Stantec. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. I come to the Westcotec stand and... Uh, going to chat now with Chris Spinks, the Managing Director of Westcotec, because uh, Chris, you're actually working on educating drivers to actually stick to the rules. We've developed a sign which will pick up speed and can display in LEDs the seatbelt, um, so a pictogram of a seatbelt with a, a line through it and also uh, mobile phone use as well. So that enables other companies to be able to have an education arm alongside their prosecution arm, um, which we've found has worked quite well in the speed area. Yeah, because I've seen that quite a lot, that actually sometimes people just need a bit of a rap on the knuckles and that will change their behaviour. And just that warning is enough to eliminate repeat offending. Do you find that that actually is what happens out on the roads when you're putting these signs up? Absolutely. I, I did 30 years as a traffic cop I was a chief inspector when I retired and we did a lot of studies into driver behaviour and it works out roughly three quarters of drivers don't mean to break the law. 25% make a conscious decision to, to go down that route and the only thing that will deal with those is prosecution and ultimately take them off the road. But there's an awful lot of people who just need that little bit of a nudge. They don't realise that they're, they're breaking the speed limit, they don't realise they've not got their seatbelt on. They probably do realise they're on their mobile phone, although I'm not so sure about that at the moment with the amount that people use it. So that education just helps in that whole continuum, if you like, of, of, of educating drivers. A couple of weeks ago, we were up in Blackpool at the Strictly Highways event, and a theme that ran through the two days there was collaboration. It sounds like Westcotec is here to collaborate with other businesses. Who else are you working with? We work with Unoptic. Um, we've done some signs for them. Average speed cameras are absolutely, in my opinion, the best way to reduce speed in a particular area because they can cover a long area, they can make sure people stay at a particular speed and whether they be in roadworks or through um, where there's a collision history like a crossroads or something like that, they absolutely work. And what we've done is we've developed a sign that can be placed at the front of or a little way in front of the average speed system again just to give the drivers a chance to make that right decision to slow down because it's not about revenue earning despite what a lot of people say it is about making sure people get home safe at the end of their journey other thing just to look at there's a flashing Belisha beacon here with zebrite on it where where does zebrite fit into Westcotec? well several years ago the inventor of that beacon which has a um, LED halo around it because the, the globe alone is not particularly conspicuous in bright sunlight so he came to work at Westcotec probably 15 or so years ago 
developed that. The, the then owner of Westcotec said, OK, we'll develop that with you. And then after five years, if it has, um, if it's taken off, then you can make a decision either to go off and set a business up on your own or we'll continue to make it and market it. Um, it did really, really well. And he then went off, set the company up. Very, very successful. And he's now, um, as these entrepreneurs do, he's now decided he wants to do something different. So he's offered it to us. So we now run the supply chain. We now run the distribution. And it's still under the Zebrite name because it's a very, very well-known name, synonymous with quality and synonymous with um, effectiveness in terms of how it's engineered. And it now sits alongside our, um, our other product portfolio. One final question for you about the stand. I see that you're very proudly uh, displaying the fact that you're a made-in-Britain accredited business. Absolutely. We went into employee ownership at the end of 2018 and part of our articles of association is that we stay in Norfolk. The founder of the company wanted to make sure that the people had got him to where he is now, which is quite comfortable. Their jobs were looked after and they were protected. And a part of that is being proud of the fact that we make our products in Britain. So we design them, we manufacture them at a brand new factory that we've had built. Um, we only, only went into operation in December. You have to go through a few hoops to get that accreditation to show the percentage that you that you actually manufacture is is in the UK, um, and and we find that actually that does resonate with a lot of um, customers, whether they be private or public sector. For now, Chris, uh, great to talk to you. Thanks, Paul. So Chris Spinks has talked about Unoptic, so I've made my way across the hall to the Unoptic stand here at the NEC at Highways UK, and I've been joined by John Piper, who is Sales and Marketing Director for Unoptic. And uh, John, uh, we ran a story on Highways News a couple of weeks ago about something that seemed straightforward when you read it but actually when you dug into it there was an awful lot of work that must have gone into actually achieving it which is to be able to have a permanent average speed enforcement system completely off-grid not plugged into a power supply anywhere how did you make that work yeah hi paul good to see you um yeah the route we're talking about is a route black mountain in wales so something we delivered for Carmarthenshire council and exactly as you say it had a speed issue that affected it and the implementation of our technology to try and resolve these issues is is not new it's pretty common we've got a number of routes that are designed to deal with a biker issue so that's rear-facing is what we've done on numerous occasions but you're exactly right this one provided us a problem and others in the fact there's no power to site there's no lighting columns there's no ability to actually power any system that's by the side of the road and what we did in collaboration with both Carmarthenshire Council but also a third-party company called TCP is we used our experience that we gained from what we call the Tascar market so that's uh, the, the temporary automatic speed cameras at roadworks that we've been doing in the uk for 15 years plus and in those occasions there's often a demand to try and power these cameras on a temporary basis with battery and other technology like that so from that experience we've now developed a system which is using a mixture of solar wind turbines and hydrogen fuel cells to actually deliver a permanently installed permanently powered although using off-grid solutions, solution that is now being able to deliver all of the benefits that we think average speed delivers in the you and I spoke about more in the, in the past. So how do you do it? I mean, is it a case of solar and wind and that's enough or what? But we'd love that to be the case, but the, the weather and the, the climate in the UK doesn't really allow us to have that kind of resiliency that we would need with solar and wind turbines in isolation. So all of that is underpinned with hydrogen fuel cells that are then 
supported as part of a maintenance and service package that's delivered by Unoptic and our partners TCP. The interesting thing with the system that I actually sort of only realised more recently in conversations with a colleague is that to really drive home this idea of zero emissions, we sort of built the whole system off-site, transported it on-site and then just installed it as a kind of one block off solution, which was uh, another uh, further example of kind of the innovation that this project has uh, required us and encouraged us to create and deliver. Going back to Tascar, because I see the systems going up and down on uh, on different roads, and for example, I live up in North Essex, and so we'll drive through two sets of average speed camera enforced roadworks schemes on that stretch of road. How important is that to your business and how important is it to roadworks operatives and to the highways authorities to have the ability to monitor and enforce speed limits at roadworks? So from Unoptic's point of view, uh, we've now delivered over 450 task schemes. We've been doing that as a sector for us for us over 15 years. We certainly believe that with uh, the stock that we carry and the, and the way that we deliver these schemes, we're best positioned to react quickly, which is a market requirement because of the way these roadwork schemes are either designed and implemented. Timescales are always an issue. So they're important to us because, A, we feel they, they're a significant part of what we do and we feel we do them very well. Outside of that, road worker safety is a real big issue. You're talking around routes that are, that are high-speed routes, vehicles are meant to travel at 70, invariably travelling at 80, and you are lowering the speed of these to 50 miles an hour for the road workers. Without a, a, an overview, a threat of enforcement, an active enforcement as part of these designs, you, you, you increase the risk for those road workers because a lot of this work is also happening at night as well, which increases the risk even further. There was a statistic that I won't claim to know exactly in verbatim, but roadworks were one of the most dangerous occupations that have, particularly for young men who are invariably working in them. So the whole premise of why this is now designed into roadworks in the first place, and that is top-down from national highways in terms of what they, what they require and mandate as part of any significant roadwork project, is, is, is proven, but, the, but, but by proven it remains as, as prevalent as ever. You talk about sort of hot topics at the moment. 20 mile an hour schemes are hot topic at the moment, whether they should be there, whether they shouldn't. Different views in Wales as to England. Again they're only as good as the faith that the motorists have that they have to stick to those limits. You're right about it being a hot topic at the moment and there's a a sort of a, let's say, healthy political debate that's going on. From an optics point of view, we want to be giving our customers options. And what we've proven in a number of areas, in, in the Plymouth area, in Bedfordshire, and in London and many others, is that there is the option to enforce 20 mile an hour speed limits. And there are positive impacts that can be achieved from it whether the rollout of enforcement across large scales of it is the correct way to go about it we will leave that for the people who are doing the research and to have that opinion but from our point of view as Unoptic we're here to support our customers with a variety of solutions and and 20 mile an hour enforcement using our vector average speed cameras specs 3 vector and our vector SR which is a spot speed and red light system it provides that option it's incorporated in the approvals that those systems have and we have an ability to deliver them in the urban environments, whether that's utilising existing street furniture, because when you're talking about 20 mile an hour zones, you're quite often talking about stretches of road where adding new columns is not easy. So we've built in that flexibility in what we do, and the technology itself is also able to give that option to those authorities. 
John, great stuff as always chatting to you and always good to come to the Unoptic stand and see what you're doing. Thanks for your time on Highways Voices. Perfect. Thanks, Paul. Highways Voices at Highways UK. Thanks to the sponsorship of Unix Traffic, Stantec, Reflow, Keeley Brothers and AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals. So I'm here with Trevor Thompson, Business Manager at the Rotex Group on stand 110. Um, Trevor, you're here to talk amongst other things about surface treatments which have been in the news quite a bit this year since the last show last november who's, who's benefited from using Reclamite, your product a number of local authorities across the uk including norfolk luton we've been to kent as well and a few other places so we've seen Rishi sunak the prime minister announce more money for roads more money in particular for potholes over the next year or so when are we going to see more money for surface treatments that's a really good question and actually if we spent more money on surface treatments, we could virtually eliminate potholes. And the reason for that is, by getting the right surface treatment on the asset at the right time in its life cycle, you can actually prevent potholes. And we've seen that many, many times where Reclamite, the penetrative BVA haphazard approved rejuvenator, has been used by our clients. So for those people that are new to surface treatments and new to Reclamite, but, but want to start, what's the, what's the first sort of process? I would be looking for their asphalt surfaces, ideally an SMA that's five years old and you're looking to extend the life of that. The good thing is that these treatments can be repeated, so let's get them on there at the right time to start with and then we can repeat them and repeat them and it pushes out into the future other more costly interventions and improves your whole life costs dramatically. And finally, you've got, you've got a solution also for, for concrete, tell us about that. Yep, we've got a number of clients who've got concrete surfaces. They've had a bituminous surface put over them for some time in the past, and eventually that delaminates and it looks ugly. It's not very nice for the residents who live there and it affects the ride quality. So we've got a process with our partners, Powerplane, where we come in and we retexture the concrete by removing the bituminous surface in a single pass. So we're retexturing and reprofiling the concrete then that exposes the joints underneath and we use our in-house manufactured material uh, Techcrete which is a very flexible repair, concrete repair material and we then address all those joints and cracks that are revealed and that means that that surface is good to go for many years in the future. Trevor Thompson from the Rotex Group there talking to Adrian on Highways Voices from Highways UK thanks to the sponsorship of Unex Traffic, Keeley Brothers, Stantec, Reflow and AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals and now one more word with Adrian. So I'm with Pippa Birch, the owner of Pipster Solutions and we are talking bid writing to begin with. Pippa, I'm sure our listeners to the Highways Voices podcast would love to know what makes a good bid. Lots of things make a good bid, but I could probably pick out the top three. One is make it compliant. Don't let it get thrown out because you've missed a vital piece of information or haven't answered a question. Two, make it customer focused. It's about your client. It's about what they want, not about what you can offer. And three, in your quality submission that you are actually answering the question, not just writing what you think they want to hear. Okay, and, and tell, tell me what activities you're currently looking at in the sector. So we cover everything in highways, end-to-end, -end, from fencing to surfacing, traffic management, the, the whole lot. So bid writing is only, only one of the things you, you do for clients as well. Tell us more. Bid writings are key service. However, um, we do a whole bid management service. We will coordinate the bids, 
manage the portal, manage the bid, manage your SMEs, talk to your estimators, submit the bids. Uh, we also do strategy and bid no bid planning just to make sure that you're going for the right things and you know where to find them. That's Pippa Birch with Adrian rounding off this week's extra podcast from Highways UK. What a week. So busy, but so productive. As I said, if you haven't listened to our other podcasts yet, please do, because you'll learn so much. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you soon for more Highways Voices. Highways Voices at Highways UK. Thanks to the sponsorship of Unix Traffic, Stantec, Reflow, Keeley Brothers, and AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals.